everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, I want to have a look at a simple thought that all of us will have to navigate at some point, and that is the, the concept of change, asking whether or not we should change. So the title for today is Time for a Change. <clears throat> is it time for you to engage with this idea of change or not? If you're new to our podcast or if you join us each and every single week, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. As far as possible, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And uh, the point of it is really just a cup of coffee, cup of tea in your car on the way to work or stuck in traffic, perhaps even a gym. Let's spend a few moments where we just look at the life of Jesus through the lens of Scripture. And it might be something in the Old or the New Testament. We don't um, we, we want to see him everywhere. But we want to ask the question, how can we be more like Jesus? How can we reflect him more? And so we spend just a few minutes together, 10, 15 minutes, to see how we can reflect Jesus a little bit more. So please, subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on, and let's dive into today's session. As I mentioned, we're speaking about this idea of change. And I, I want us to learn how to navigate change well. And to do this, I want to have a look at Genesis, into the life of Jacob, when he realizes enough is enough and he needs to leave Laban's household. He gets to the point where he knows something has to change. And so I want to unpack that a little bit. And in the beginning, I want us to touch on a couple of things that might indicate when a change is necessary, when a move is necessary. So we're going to have a look at a few things that might give us a hint that a change is around the corner. So Genesis 31 verse 1 says, Now Jacob heard the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was their father's. And from what was the father's, he had gained all his wealth. What I see here is Jacob reaching a point where he's he's worked for this man for twenty years. Like Laban has has like Laban has made him work. He's he's worked for twenty years through lies and manipulation and cheating and scandal and trying to being backstabbed. He's worked for twenty years for this guy, and now he hears that Laban and his family are bad mouthing him. And I, you must get the sense that enough is enough. And the first thing we need to understand is when it's time for change is, have you reached your breaking point? What's your breaking point? We need to know when we need to leave because we may have reached that point of no return. I know that for each of us, break the breaking point is different. Each of us have different things that we can put up with, different things that we can endure. But each of us do have that breaking point. Again, it differs and changes for everyone and even in every space of life. You may be able to put up more with more stuff at work than you do at home or vice versa. It may take you longer to reach a breaking point with your wife than it does with your kids. So this is not like a one-size-fits-all. We all have different endurance points. We all have different breaking points. And even as individuals, we have different breaking points in different areas of life. So... What we need to understand is that a breaking point is not necessarily good or bad, but it's how do we navigate it. When we come to the breaking point, what do we do? Understanding your breaking point is the first step on knowing how to change. For Jacob, he had endured, again, 20 years of manual labor, manipulation, and mistreatment. His breaking point was 20 years, and at the end of the 20 years, being bad-mouthed and his reputation being tarnished. The point of breaking may reveal it's time to change. I want to just clarify something. Change, however, doesn't look like running away. You may be at the breaking point in your marriage, and the change you need to make is not running away. It's better communication or going to counseling. You may, you may be at the breaking point um, at work, but quitting might not be the change you need. You may need to change something up in your workplace or something in yourself. Sometimes the change that comes because of breaking point is an internal change. 
All I'm saying here is that when you come to the breaking point, it's an indicator that some kind of change might be necessary. And it's only the first of the indicators. The second one is in verse 2. It says this, And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. So if the first one is be aware of your breaking point, the second one is be aware when there is a change in the favor or the grace. In the verse we just read, it's very obvious. He interprets the conversation about himself as the lifting of favor. He feels like he's no longer favored by Laban as he was before. He's lost favor. He's lost grace with his employer and his father-in-law. In a sense, the grace and favor he had experienced in his position as son-in-law had lifted and changed. And we need to be aware of the lifting or shifting of the grace of God as well as the favor of people. An incredible communicator, Martin Steele, explains it like this. He says, when we sense that the grace of God is no longer upon us, that what used to come easily is now a struggle, what used to bring joy is now a burden, when we feel that that grace, that favor has lifted, it might be one of two things. It may be that God has lifted the grace, the favor, and we need to rise to a new level. We need to go higher in our leadership, higher in our authority to meet that new level of grace and favor. However, he also talks about the faith, the fact that grace can shift. And what he says there is if it's moved sideways, then what we need to do is we need to remove ourselves out of that place to find a new grace. We need to position ourselves under that shifted grace so that we're operating in grace. The reason it may have shifted sideways and not gone up is because someone else might need to step into your current position and you might need to step into something else. And so when, it is, um, when it's time for shifting or, or, or lifting of the grace, we need to understand that we need to discern where it's gone because we don't want to strive, we want to stride. Again, this doesn't mean running away. It means discerning where the grace for your life resides. If the grace is lifted because God's calling you to a higher level, go to the higher level. If it's shifted, go to where this new space of grace is and make space for another person to operate in their grace space. So again, we've covered two indicators when change might be necessary. Number one, you've reached your breaking point. Number two, grace or favor has lifted. Then in verse three, we see the third one. It says, then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred and I will be with you. So we see him go from, I'm at my breaking point. The favor has gone, but the very next line talks about the fact that he got a word from God. He gets a word. And I want to encourage you that that's the, the third part of this whole equation, that once you've reached your breaking point, once you've understood the grace is lifted, we need to go to God. We need to get his word. We need to get his direction because without it, we are running from something. With the word of God, we are running to something. We are running to. So many people that I come into contact with are looking for change, are wanting to change. And in so many conversations, every time I have a conversation like this, I always ask the question, what is God saying and sometimes people have prayed sometimes they haven't but but we need to understand that we need to always ask this question in the midst of change what is God saying because sometimes what happens is God's silence is a declaration for us to endure a little bit longer if God hasn't said anything might it be that he's calling you to be patient God's silence is a command for us to keep going a little bit longer so please can I encourage you don't run don't change if you haven't heard a word from God wait wait there might be one more thing you need to do there might be one more lesson you need to learn. There might be one more experience you need to have. God knows the right time and he loves you more than you do. So you can trust him that the timing of the change will be perfect. And when you wait on the word of God, you never run ahead of him and you never lag behind. I know you might feel like the grace is lifted. I know you might be at your breaking point. But if that's true 
and God loves you as much as scripture says, he's not going to leave you in a place of breaking and hurting. He might move you and he's going to speak. He, he might direct you to a passage from scripture. This podcast might even be God speaking to you because he's not going to keep you in that place of frustration. He, 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 if, if there's nothing left for you there, trust God, go to God. You are a, Don't allow your circumstance to define your destiny. I want to encourage you, allow God, allow God word, God's word to define your destiny. And this is probably the, well, not probably, this is one of the most important things that we will ever learn is how to hear the voice of God. As a pastor, as a, as a preacher, I don't just want people to hear good sermons. I want people to hear the voice of God. And as they learn to hear the voice of God, they learn to listen even more closely during the week. I want to encourage you. We need to be intimate with the voice of God. We lean not on our own strength, our own understanding, our own ability to reason, but it's the voice of God that ignites faith within us. So when do we change? When we've reached our breaking point and when we sense the favor lift or shift and when God speaks. Now I want to end with a verse a little bit further down in that chapter, verse 21. And it says this, he fled with all he had and arose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. What I want to end off with is this. Once you've got those three metrics, once, once those three indicators are, are you, you've navigated them, you've reached your breaking point, the favor's lifted, God speaks, then can I encourage you, when you do make the decision to change, change, move with your whole heart. In that verse 21, it says, every, he got everything, he didn't leave anything behind, he crossed the river, and then he set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. In other words, he was focused. He had a destiny, he had a plan, he had a desired destination. He wasn't going to stay where he was. He kept his face towards where he was going. He did not look back. He did not allow his heart to take him back. And I think sometimes in our world, what we can end up doing is we can romanticize a broken situation. We can romanticize a past where we perhaps were under a manipulator or a narcissist or someone like that. We can look back and go, oh, it was better there. Uh, I didn't realize the, the good I had. And in fact, this is exactly what we see the Israelites do with Egypt. They kept looking back and romanticizing about how good slavery was, which makes no sense. That makes no sense. But it's funny how we can do that. We can want change, we can pray for change, we can search God for a word for change. And then when change comes and we're in the midst of change, we can look back on the very thing we desired to be changed through romantic lenses and we kind of remember how good it used to be. Instead, can I encourage you, like Jacob, don't look back. He keeps his eyes forward. He keeps his eyes on the prize. And the reason this is so important, and we see this in the story, is because Laban, the narcissistic manipulator, came back and tried to use one thing after another to bring Jacob and his family back to Laban's house. Laban didn't care for the people. What he wanted was the blessing that his house experienced because he had Jacob on his payroll. But the beautiful thing here is Jacob could resist this temptation. He could resist the, the schemes of Laban because he, has set it, because he had set his heart on his destiny. He had set his heart on the mountains of Gilead. Things will come along to try to convince you to go back to the things that were. They will try and convince you that it was safer there. It was better there. You didn't, there was no uncertainty. But... Can I encourage you? Don't go back to a place of slavery. Don't go back to a place of opposition when God has given you the go-ahead, when God has said changed. If God speaks, change with all your heart. Because this is what I've learned in my life and I've seen it in many other lives. Change that is half-hearted never lasts. If it's time for change, 
if you've reached your breaking point, you've you, you've seen the favor of God lift, and you've you've gotten a word from God, and you know that you know that you know that it's time for a change. Then can I encourage you? Change wholeheartedly. Don't look back. Don't keep romanticizing the past. Move forward. Move towards your Gilead. Keep your face attached to your Gilead. My prayer today is for those of you who are navigating this, navigating change, that you wouldn't run before you've got those indicators, that you would have good people around you to give you discernment. But then once you do change, once you take, make that step to change, change wholeheartedly. Stop looking back. Stop romanticizing the past. Set your hearts on whatever Gilead is for you. God, I pray right now for each and every single one of us who are in the midst of change. God, I pray that we would deal with this well, that we would lean into your scripture, we would understand the, the right and the wrong way to go about it, and God, that we would sense you leading us where we need to go. And for those of us who are in the midst of change or about to step into a season of change, may we change with our whole heart and not look back. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, I hope this has helped you and encouraged you. And it may even just be a tool for you to help others with. So I hope it's encouraged you. We will see you same time, same place next week. God bless everybody.